Good morning and welcome in to the Blitz live on Fan Run Radio, live in the White Claw Hard Seltzer Studios. Here with you for the next two hours as we get you to your lunch break on this Tuesday. It's game day. It's the final day of February. March starts tomorrow, but five weeks of glory started yesterday. Charlie Collier, Sam Beard. It's game day. Beautiful day. Beautiful. I mean, really, it's it's all the days. Last day of February, game day, great day. Uh, it's just, uh, it's, I don't know, it's one of those mornings where you wake up and, and you look outside and you look at the sports calendar and, and you just, you feel lighter on your feet. Yeah, feel nicer. I think that's the best way to kind of describe it, like, when March Madness and Conference Championships and all of that goodness is happening in conjunction with a flip to like some nice weather, sunny out, you know, it starts to feel 65, 70, get that nice warm with the breeze, feel outside. It is, it's euphoric. It's different. It is euphoric. You just start wanting to play sports outside. Yeah. The only time you want to be inside is just watching March Madness. Right. Like, I, I want to wake up. I want to go, like, play an hour or two of pickup basketball, maybe, like, play some pickleball, get a nice lunch, and then just sit down on a patio and watch basketball outside with Mm -hmm. a cocktail for 12 hours. Yeah. I might watch a lot of conference tournaments outside, honestly. I might uh, throw a a TV out there. mm. Mm -mm -mm. We're getting, like, amazing weather. This is the first year. Back to back to back to back. This is the first year that I'm not going to the first round of March Madness. How many years since, had you done that before? Since, I mean, since Tennessee wasn't making the tournament. Wow, okay. I just, I go every year. It's it's me and my dad, like, we go every year. It's like, uh, you know, sometimes my mom or my brother's tagged along, but typically it's just been me and him. Uh, we go to a random city. We go watch the Vols, and we just... Don't do anything else but just, like, drink beer and watch college basketball. And then I stopped being able to drink beer, so then drink liquor and watch college basketball. I mean, it really it was beautiful. <laughs> um, but last year, especially with Tennessee getting better when they're, like, top three, four seeds, kind of came to the realization that the first weekend of March Madness when you're a high seed is just – it's not the weekend to go to. You don't think? No. I think that opening weekend is just – The like, opening weekend is – the best weekend, but when you're a fan of a team that is a high seed, one seed, a two seed, a three seed, there's only bad things that can happen. Yeah. I guess, yeah. Then yeah, then then you're then you're either, I mean, first of all, you're going to you're going to go watch one, maybe two games that are either relief or the kind of pain that makes you want to hurt yourself. You're saying before your team plays those games that you're watching, like I'm saying. Like Tennessee last year, a three seed. Yeah. You play the 14 seeded Longwood. Right. You're not, yes, let's go. We beat Longwood. Like, yeah, yeah, super yeah. excited about it. It's not like you're going to that game and it's thrilling and, and you're through the roof and, and everything else. It's like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm relieved. Yeah. We beat okay, Longwood. I see what you mean. I can breathe again. Okay. We, we're, we're not going to be the team that gets beat by a 14 seed this year. I can exhale. Oh, what's next? Michigan. That's the same thing. It's not like, thank God we beat Michigan. This is awesome. It's like, 
I'm relieved. I'm relieved mm-hmm. we did what we were supposed to do. Or there's the reverse. You lose to Michigan, and it's like I want to find the tallest building in Indianapolis and figure out how long it takes for an object that's roughly 280 pounds to hit the ground. Yeah, when we were in Indianapolis last year, I actually probably enjoyed the Tennessee game the least out of yeah, all the so, games that were played there. Like I, I love March Madness, right? I love it. It's my Again, I, I, it's my favorite thing in the entire world, period. Period. Like, I would give up everything for it, for just March Madness. But as fun as it is to go to a tournament site where there's a bunch of games and a bunch of fans, and and I think that's always a really cool aspect when you go to a cool tournament site that has, like, an interactive city and there's Mm -hmm. a bunch of different fan bases and they're all, you know, joining in this this same place. And what's really, I think, kind of fun, too, is the off day in between the first and second round when you're just wandering around the city and, and... you know, it's not hostile. Like, it's just all the different fan bases there eating and having a good time and watching sports. Like, all of that's fun. But I, I decided finally after that Michigan loss that I'm done doing it. I'm going <laughs> to go to the Sweet 16 in the Elite Eight if Tennessee gets to that point because that's when the games, ramp you know, up. when you're a, a low seed, like ramp up to it, you know, to and reach a certain level of intensity. But. Even you know, even the year that like we played Colgate in Iowa, that almost killed me. <laughs> I, I mean, if I would have had an Apple Watch on, it would have popped up like seek medical help now. Yeah, heart rate too high. Because Colgate, sit down. Uh, they made it a little close. Yeah, they did. Uh, what was that? What was it? Jordan Burns that dropped like thirty something on our heads. I mean, that's a great three point shooting team. I don't know why Matt Langley hasn't been hired away from Colgate by now, but. Uh, then Iowa, you know, that crazy comeback where they forced overtime. I thought that I was go. I, I legitimately was s- briefly scared that I was going to have a medical event brief, like, for, for a minute in that game. So, uh, so yeah, this year I'm going to be in Knoxville for the, for the first two rounds for the first time. And I don't really – I don't know what to do with myself. But all that to say, man, it's game day, Tennessee, their last time in TBA – it is it's another day of conference tournaments. We have 11 today. We had two conference tournament games yesterday. We ramp it up by 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 five and a half today. Yeah. <laughs> 11 conference tournament it's games. Just, we're growing exponentially. Yeah, we are. What do we have the day after? Tomorrow? Yeah. Tomorrow, oh gosh. Um Tomorrow Tomorrow. Uh, why is this not loading? My ESPN app has been super glitchy lately. It's really driving me crazy. Tomorrow we could watch uh, we Vanderbilt got the big, beat the big Kentucky. South starts tomorrow, and the Northeast. We got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight games I see on the schedule, but then I don't think that includes any of the tournaments that are happening today because, well, you know, those games aren't scheduled yet Mm -hmm. from ESPN's eyes. Let's see. Wow. Poor Presbyterian, man. 5-26 and on the year. I'm just now seeing this. Blue Hose have had it tough. They've had a tough go-round this year. And I'm not talking about Smurf women. 
And Campbell still got Ricky Clemens? Dude, Ricky Clemens, yeah. I, I was thinking about that the kid? other day. Ricky Clemens has been in school for 37 years at yeah, Campbell. I feel like I've it's like been at like this years point, since he's I've lived in Bowie's Creek, North Carolina, longer than the founder of Bowie's Creek, North Carolina. Yeah. He might be like the mayor of the city by now. Bowie's Creek, North Carolina is also just... Is that where Campbell is, I'm assuming? Yeah, it is. <laughs> it's like right off of, right outside of Lillington. Still don't know where that is. No? Nope. A little further outside of Raleigh. Okay. Spent some time in Bowie's Creek. It's sticky. Sticky? I've been, the the, 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 the three times I've been to the Bowie's Creek area, it has been incredibly hot, and that area is just so sticky. That's a region. I mean, that's an area that probably gets pretty sticky. Yeah, you know, it just but, it felt. I mean, wet. Tennessee gets pretty pretty humid. Yeah, it does. But it like it just felt straight wet out there. Went to a Campbell football game. That couldn't have been. Was that any fun? Yeah, it was a good time. Broadcasted some baseball games out in Lillington. Was it even? What football game were they playing? If you were, was it during when you were doing summer baseball? No, no, no. They were, they were playing FCS ball. Ah, okay. Uh, they were in the they were in the Pioneer Football League, which is the only non scholarship conference in the FCS. They only do partial scholarships. Okay. Uh, and they hired a former Panthers corner, Mike Minter, to be their head coach, and uh, he started cheating. Let's go. Yeah, just immediately started cheating. Like within <laughs> within the first two months, just immediately was like, oh, we can't have scholarships. Yeah, I'm not gonna listen to that. And just started secretly giving players scholarships, and then with his got, own money or, or like I guess under the table. Money. I don't really know how it was going, but but they started giving players scholarships anyway. Uh, got found out pretty quickly too, and then got kicked out of the PFL slash left the PFL and went to a different football conference. But at the time, they were in the Pioneer Football League with Butler, mm. so that's why I, I was there watching Butler play play Campbell. That makes sense now. That makes yeah. sense. Pioneer Football League. I don't know how we've gotten here at ten thirteen on a Tuesday a.m., but I will conference just wrap championship up. week. I'll conclude with this thought: Whoever made that conference had to have been on like psychedelics. Whoever had the idea that they needed a conference that had teams in Indianapolis, San Diego, Upstate New York, Deland, Florida, Davidson, North Carolina, like Bowie's Creek, North Carolina, Nebraska. I think those are great locations. We're touching For a all corners of the map. Football conference. Let's put teams literally in every single region of the country as far away from each other as possible. Always made me laugh. I like it. Those kids are probably looking forward to that San Diego road trip every year. Yeah, but uh, they don't look forward to the Nebraska one. No, because Indianapolis, that's why you get Nebraska, San Diego. Guess what? You're still taking a bus, and it's like seven and a half hours. That's a good. I mean. You just got to nap through that one. You can't be yeah, looking out I mean, the window. You just got to sleep all through Nebraska. Anyway, I don't know. We, we, we got a little off the rails, but the point, I think, of all of this conversation was that life is good. Yeah. I think that was the point. Life is good. Weather's nice, and basketball is in a prime position in their season. Sam, how are you today? I'm doing pretty well. Um, yeah, can't complain, man. Good weather. Uh, my parents are coming up for the game tonight. Gonna watch oh, that. that. Uh, they're coming for a Tuesday game. Yeah. Um, my family's big Arkansas fans. They, do you guys so. need tickets? No. 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 They brought tickets. It was like one of my mom's Christmas gifts. 
I have tickets that I can't use anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to get rid of them. It's a shame. I'm, I can't. Uh, I can't help you out there. Yeah, I really wanted to go to this game tonight. I wasn't really just for being honest with each other, being honest with you, the listeners. Was not expecting Morris Down West to still be playing <laughs> basketball by now. Glad they are. You know, go Trojans and all that. But now I don't get to go to the Tennessee game tonight. So I do have some tickets. Hey, if anyone needs tickets, hit my line. I got you. I mean, maybe I'll go with you, Charlie. I might get kicked to the curb because, like, my parents bought two tickets. Well, I don't have – like, I'm not going. You don't have any tickets currently. No, I have two tickets, but I have to go to Kingsport tonight to broadcast Dobbins mm. Bennett in Morristown West. I see. Yeah. Well, I can't help you there because I got a student ticket, but – Oh, wow, well, that's what I was, yeah, My parents no. only got two tickets, so I can't even really sit with them unless Kinda. miraculously someone next to them doesn't come to the game, which I might just take the chance on. Maybe. Um, so we got that tonight, yeah. Should be a decent Should game. Should be a fun night. You guys going to like go go get some nice food beforehand? Yeah. Game? Yeah, I think we're going to go down to Market Square before the game, get a nice little bite to eat, roll into Neyland. Thompson Bowling feeling pretty good. I wish I was rolling into Neyland. I was watching. Uh, I watched the fourth quarter of the Tennessee Bama game last night. I don't really? know why. It just it, you just I get watched, that itch. I you watched know, once fifty-two every... minutes of Marsh Madness compilations last <laughs> night. <laughs> yeah, that's another one. Just oh, on repeat. I also went to board game night last night. Mm. Monday nights. What'd y'all play? Uh, so it's me and two of my buddies that go, and, and, and we always just kind of pick out something random sometimes. Who supplies all these board games, by the it's way? The, it's the people that run the board game night. I don't know. I think one of them works for a company that like short shows board games and sells board games. Oh, so okay. Like, I was going to say, you got to have some sort yeah, of... There, there's, it, there's a deep board game culture. Okay. Um, but I got there a little bit late last night, and I got to the table where my buddies were at, and they had the Goonies board game. Mm-hmm. I, I I've never seen the Goonies. Have I you? haven't either. Yeah, no, you I haven't either. either. Um, two of us out of the three had not even seen the Goonies, so I don't know why that was the choice. <laughs> but I didn't want to be that guy that shows up five minutes late and then it's just like, why would you guys pick this one? So I just went with it and we started playing. We got an so they they had like a, a, it was a, six scenes was how the playing board was set up. And this was the most confusing board game <laughs> that has ever existed. And you wouldn't think it would be. Just some regular old Goonies board game. Maybe if we had seen the movie, it would have helped. But even the guy that had seen them, seen the movie like a hundred times in his lifetime was so confused. We were just baffled by this game. We were just reading pages and pages and searching online and... We got like an hour and a half into it, and we were still in the first scene. And there's six. And we quit. We put the game away and just said never again. And then it usually goes from like 6.30 to 9.30, but they do a raffle at 9, and it was still only like 8 o'clock. So we are like, oh, well, we want to stick around for the raffle. So we just played some random like quick game called Point Salad. Highly that recommended. Sounds, that sounds familiar. Actually. Highly recommended. I immediately bought it. The biggest downfall of any any uh, board game creator is exactly what happened to, to what you just played. You know, like you just you can't be you can't be creating a board game where you got to flip through directions for forty five minutes and Google like how to play and, like that too, and watch a YouTube video. Now, like I like it's got to be simple. Really complex video games. My favorite. I mean, 
not video games, board games. Like my favorite board game, one of my favorites is Betrayal at the House on the Hill, which like first time you play that, it can take 45 minutes to figure out what you're doing. Like I, I love complex board games, but that one, it didn't even make sense. Like there, it, it was a broken game, I think. But Point Salad was sick. We started playing that. I immediately That's went definitely on Amazon. Went, went on Amazon and bought it. It was great. I think I've definitely heard of some Point Salad. Big fan of that one. Couple big uh, bubble wins last night too. Some impressive wins. West Virginia. Mm-hmm. That was an impressive win. Took a halftime lead, and then Iowa State came back on them. Jaron Holmes just started raining down threes. Iowa State started raining down threes. Hilton Coliseum was going crazy. No one ever goes into that place and wins. They had all the momentum, and and somehow West Virginia, playing their second road game in three days found the willpower to come back in that game and, and get themselves probably back on the right side of the bubble. Pretty impressive there. That that was impressive. But uh, it's 10-20. It's game day. we got to break down Tennessee-Arkansas. On the other side, we're going to take a look at this matchup. We're really going to dive deep into it, what Arkansas likes to do, what Tennessee likes to do, how they match up with each other, what the Vols need to do uh, to beat the Razorbacks tonight. Coming to town, 9 o'clock, senior night. Vols Arkansas preview up next here on the Blitz. Vols and Arkansas tonight, 9 o'clock TBA, final home game of the year, senior night for uh, a whole group of Tennessee Vols. Of course, we don't really know what that's going to look like next year, if those guys are going to be coming back or not. Um, I don't really think there's much of an answer. Uh, in, in that yet, I mean, Rick Barnes said yesterday, I think, that he didn't know whether, or a couple days ago, actually, I think he said, yeah, he didn't know whether Santiago Vescovi, Josiah, Olivier, or Urosh will return next season. Uh, all of them can as super seniors, thanks to COVID. Shout out. But uh, said right now, the focus for everyone is just on this season. I know Urosh is going through the ceremonies. I don't know who all is and who isn't. It seemed Back like... To, oh, sorry. What was that? It seemed like uh, Santi and... Why am I blanking on his name? Uh, Tyree Key are, are going to. Yeah, I mean, Santiago, Vescovi, Josiah, Jordan, James, Olivier, Kamwa, Urosh, Plasvich. Those are all the guys that can come back. Tyreek can't. So he'll definitely be going through senior night stuff. Urosh will. I think, I think everyone is. Yeah, I think everyone is. I think everyone is, to. from what I've seen. Uh, those guys, again, they can come back. Would certainly be cool if they did. Mm hmm. Man, I'm trying to, I tried to sell these tickets during the break. I just went and looked. The, uh, the section I have tickets in, they're all $10. <laughs> so many. There are so many tickets. I, I'm now. I'm worried that there's just not going to be a lot of people with this game. Um, I feel like I'm going to be disappointed in the atmosphere. I kind of noticed that in the Alabama game, like leading up to tip off, I thought it was extremely empty in the lower level up until about three minutes to game time. Did it? But did the Alabama game end up filling up? It all filled, the way? It, yeah, it filled out pretty well. But upper I was deck too. Yeah, the upper deck was looking fine. Thompson Bowling, Danny White, and and Tennessee basketball need to figure out a new way to to get these kids sitting, like on the sides of the court, because there there was like there was probably six completely filled 
uh, sections of just students, and they were just all dispersed around different areas of the stadium. Yeah, they, they made that switch recently. It used to be Tennessee was behind the basket, Tennessee's student section was, the corner section and then the section to the left of it, and it wrapped around the left corner if you were facing the basket. And then there were three more upper deck sections right above that, but it worked. Like, it made sense. And the upper deck sections were the three sections above the three lower bowl sections. Exactly. You know, that was a force. Those students were all together. It, it helped the atmosphere, I think, tremendously. For whatever reason, they decided to split up the student section into the two sections immediately behind the basket, which, you know, I guess, you know, you want you want student sections behind the basket. Like, I get that. But then they took away the side sections and added more upper deck sections. But now it's just there's no unity. Like, there's just students randomly scattered in the upper deck and in the lower in the lower bowl. Yeah, it's 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 made the the atmosphere worse. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. Um Arkansas, they rank out as a top 10 team in the last 10 games, despite the fact that they've lost four of them. One of them, you know, a tough one on the road to Alabama. They lost a tough one on the road uh, to A&M, and they lost a tough one on the road to Baylor. But they've been playing some better basketball. Um, Nick Smith Jr. back in the lineup, and and he's finally kind of clicking as well. I believe he's averaging 12 a game now. Um, with Ricky Council and the role that he kind of stepped into when, when Nick Smith was out and, and when Brazil went down for the year, Council stepped up and is averaging 15-plus a game. You know, Anthony Black, a really tall, athletic, like slashing kind of guard-forward hybrid. Arkansas starting to put it together some. Before we talk about this game, how much do you buy into Arkansas as a legitimate Elite Eight, Final Four type contender, because some of the metrics do like them. Yeah, they do. I think I think with how well Nick Smith Jr. has been playing since he's come back, I think that definitely is a is a huge factor and why a lot of those people believe that Arkansas can make that type of run. Um, you know, I think they I think they definitely can too. They look very dangerous on offense ever since his return. But I don't know. I I just I don't know if that team has been. I think they might be finding their stride a little bit too late in the season, maybe. And you know, while there are maybe clicking right now, I just think that you run into some teams, you know, late March in the SEC tournament, going into March Madness, maybe that they've they've been clicking themselves for too long, and and they can find a way to to beat teams like this. But it's definitely not a team that you want to overlook, and definitely. You know, you just you can't have one of those bad nights on on defense that you've that you've had in a couple of the games uh, in February. So I can see it, but I don't think I'm exactly buying into it just yet. When you when you think about a team that can make a run in March, I think you need a coach that is is good, specifically good in game um, and and good you know game planning on short turnarounds. I think Eric Musselman has shown that. You know he he can be that that March coach and he's had success in the month of March. You know uh, for whatever reason it feels like he kind of pushes the right buttons in some tournament settings. Uh, Arkansas narrowly escaped an upset last year in the first round and ended up you know pushing it forward into what they lost in Sweet Sixteen to a, a one seed by like mm-hmm. five. Yeah, I don't remember who it was though. Was it it was Gonzaga? Um, 
Did they take Gonzaga to the wire right after Memphis took Gonzaga that to the wire? That sounds right. That sounds right, actually. I believe that's what it was. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I trust him as a March coach. And, and then, two, you know, the guards. They have the guards that you, that you need. I mean, those those guys, Nick Smith and, and Ricky Council and, and then Anthony Black, too, at that three, the three of them combined for a 67% two-point field goal rate at the rim. I mean, that, that's an unbelievable number. Like, those guards are explosive, they're athletic, and they have rim protection. You know, those Mitchell twins, they protect the rim, and, and outside of that, I mean, just in general, they have great rim protection. But I still think they're missing the outside shooting that it takes to make a run. Um I'm intrigued by this Arkansas team, though. I really am going into March, and I think part of it will be pretty matchup dependent. Looking at this matchup with Tennessee tonight, Tennessee and Arkansas, Arkansas is a team that loves to attack the rim. Mm -hmm. I mean, put simply, they are going to just uh, abuse the rim. They attack the rim like the rim slapped their mom. I I mean – they are such a rare mix of like length and versatility and athleticism. Like they they play such a a unique style of basketball, but they are, are just such a good team at getting it inside, at, at finding you know the, those lanes to drive, at working the pick and roll, at working it inside. But what they don't do well at all is shoot the three. Um, they do not shoot the three ball well at all and they don't like to do it either they, they they are towards the bottom of the conference in terms of three-point you know attempt rate and, and they're towards the bottom of the conference just in, in their ability to make threes too they're actually below even in, in terms of their outside shooting ability below mississippi state which is mm. if you know anything about mississippi state not good it's not like Mississippi State's knocking down a bunch of outside shots. They're Tolu Smith and, and, and Jefferson inside. Like, that. that's not Mississippi State. Arkansas shooting a worse percentage than them from outside. So they're going to want to get to the rim. They're going to want to get you in foul trouble, too. They draw a lot of fouls, and that's been a recipe against Tennessee lately is to attack them inside and to get them to foul. You know, use that aggressive defense against the Vols and try to get them in foul trouble. Like, Tennessee has run into some problems as of late, especially when they've had some guys out and lacked some depth. Um, That's what Arkansas is offensively, though. Um, They are a a fast-paced, early-in-the-shot-clock, early-in-the-possession type offense. You know, they're they're not going (coughs) to reverse the ball two or three times in a possession. You know, they're not going to get into their second and third looks. Like, they're not going to take a lot of shots with five seconds left on the shot clock, with, with seven seconds left on the shot clock. They want to get into their sets quickly. They want to attack quickly. And they want to get going downhill towards the rim. Uh, that's what they want to do offensively. But 10-34, uh, we're going to catch a break here. On the other side, we'll kind of break down how Tennessee can stop Arkansas, how, how Tennessee matches up with Arkansas in this game. Stay with us here on The Blitz. <laughs> Back here on the Blitz, talking the balls and the Razorbacks happening tonight in TBA. Hey, the Big Orange Philly phone lines are open if you want to call in. That number is 865-546-8200. So on the other side, we were talking about how Arkansas, man, they're going to attack the rim. They're going to attack the paint. They're going to take it inside. So what does Tennessee need to do defensively? 
I think it's pretty simple. Force Arkansas to take and make jump shots. Force Arkansas to do something that they're uncomfortable with. If Arkansas wants to get it to the rim, well, don't let them. Nobody on this Arkansas team is a threat shooting the basketball from deep. You know, mm-hmm. Nick Smith is, is, is the most threatening shooter they have, but he's still not a shot creator necessarily from, from outside at least. He hasn't shown that aspect of his game. you got to try to make Arkansas shoot and, and, and shoot over top. They Again, they just lack the shooters to beat teams having to settle for jump shots unless they have an anomaly of a shooting night, which is not all that likely to happen on the road. So make Arkansas beat you by by taking those outside jumpers. And if you're going to make Arkansas beat you with those outside jumpers, then guard Nick Smith off the ball tightly. Deny passes to him. Go over top of screens away from the basket. Do not give him the catch-and-shoot opportunities because – if you're making Arkansas shoot it from outside and you're making it tough on Nick Smith Jr. to catch it and shoot it, then, then they're really in trouble. Nick Smith this year, he's taken just two threes off the dribble. He's taken 37 uh, that have come you know, in the catch-and-shoot variety off the pass. So if you, can, if you can make those passes to him tougher, if you can make those, those him, him receiving passes a little bit less clean – you know that's just a, another way to kind of slow down this Arkansas offense. And if you can make them get deeper into possessions, I think they'll start to get uncomfortable. I think that's when you can force some turnovers potentially. And I really do have a lot of confidence against you know, this Tennessee. You know, with this Tennessee defense against this Arkansas offense. Uh, put simply, man, just pack it in. Pack defense, pack line defense, pack it in, and force them outside, and then rebound. You know, I think this sets up really well for Tennessee. I think they have the ability, the athleticism, the size to be able to pack it in. Obviously, you know, you think about Vescovy and and, and Zakai on the perimeter guarding taller guards, and, like, that's not great. But I think that you can play off of them a little bit and still keep them from getting inside. And and yeah, they may be able to short. You know, they might be able to may, might be able to shoot over Zakai and Vescovy. But if they're shooting over top, you know, you're you're cool with that. You live with that. So pack it in, rebound, and, and force them to shoot from outside. Yeah, Tennessee rebounds really well too. So I think that sets up <clears throat> nicely for for you to keep Arkansas off the glass and limit those possessions. I think you can have a lot of Arkansas possessions. Uh, you know, look like Arkansas calling for a ball screen. It's cut off. They they kick it left. They reverse it. Try to drive again. Take it away. And all of a sudden, they're 15 seconds into a possession, 10 seconds into a possession, and, and they're looking for somewhere to go. They settle for an outside shot. You grab the rebound, possession over. I think you're going to see a lot of dry or a lot of possessions look like that tonight. At least you will if if Tennessee's winning. So all in all. I like Tennessee's defense against Arkansas's offense. Yeah, I think it's a good matchup. Um, I think you can speed them up a little bit. Tennessee's been been very good at at forcing turnovers and just stealing the ball. They're uh, top fifteen in the country in uh, both of those categories. There. So yeah, while you're saying you know you might have a little bit of a mismatch size wise with your guards, I think you can be a little quicker. Um, I think you can force some turnovers there. 
And yeah, I think I think Tennessee's done a good job of of making other teams play into their into their strengths. And you know, in some of our losses, you have you haven't really seen that as the case sometimes. So it's another one of those games kind of similar to Bama where you've got a, a high-powered offense coming in against a high-powered defense in us and are we going to have enough firepower to match them scoring wise or are they going to try are we going to try and slow them down and everything so you know I I think that we have proved that we can play solid defense against the, the top teams in the country and, and teams that are playing solid offense right now so I think I think I agree with you. I think that we have a good matchup that we can that we can exploit tonight. I, th- I like our spread a lot tonight. I've been I've been looking at it. Six and a half. Yeah, I feel I, I like that I feel, number I like a lot. It a lot. We we're gonna we we're I, you know, I was gonna bring that up eventually too, but I uh, I love that spread. I I like Tennessee in this matchup, but I, I you know I told you I like Tennessee's defense against their offense. I don't feel as great about Tennessee's offense against Arkansas's defense. They've been playing pretty pretty solid defense recently. I mean, they're, they're a top fifteen defense. Yeah. They yeah. they're a top fifteen defense, and they protect the rim better than than just about anybody in the country. Um, you have a couple smaller guards like Vescovy and Sakai. You know, a lengthy team that that protects the paint really well and runs you off the three point line. It's not your favorite matchup in the world. Um, because again, Arkansas this year they will aggressively chase you off the line. They're going to just run you off the line. They're going to chase everything inside. They're going to funnel everything inside, and that's where they have some of the best rim protection in the country, sitting there waiting to make all these twos difficult to block your shots. And it's going to take a lot for Tennessee to work and find those possessions against Arkansas. You know they want to get you into some foul trouble. They want you to attack them inside, and they want you to to beat them with tough twos. That's you know that they, they want to make it tough on you around the rim. And if you if you make them, you beat them. That that's how it is. But that's what Arkansas wants to do. Weirdly enough, though, I think that's what you should do. Mm-hmm. If Arkansas want, is going to funnel you inside, be aggressive with it. You know, use that against them. They're going to run you off the line. You know, slip slip some of these plays. You know, get some back cuts going. Uh, attack them from the weak side uh, and, and try to get up behind them. You know, this year, um, Arkansas on the road against top 100 teams is allowing a 57% two-point rate and a – free throw rate of 48%. So yeah, Arkansas is really good at protecting the rim. Like yeah, Arkansas really wants to pack, you know, or chase you off the line and 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 again force you into tough twos, but when they've played good teams, when they've played those top 100 teams, the numbers show you that it hasn't quite worked out as well. That those teams have said, "Okay, fine. If you want to force us into twos, we'll do it. We'll drive at you, we'll cut at you." Arkansas is specifically susceptible to I think uh, you know, basket cuts away from the ball. Teams have decided we'll we'll take it right at you, Arkansas. We'll we'll, we'll take those tough twos. We'll get those tough twos, and we'll beat you that way. 
and it's worked. Uh, you know, Arkansas has gotten into a ton of foul trouble. I think you can especially get Arkansas into foul trouble tonight. Uh, we, we know how NCAA officials are. When a team is at home, usually, usually they get a slight benefit on the whistle. Usually the other team is going to get whistled for more fouls. Combine that with the fact that on the road this year, Arkansas is averaging 21.1 fouls a game. I think that's a good recipe for Tennessee. Mm-hmm. 21.1 fouls a game. Any guess where that is in the nation? Top, Probably top 10. It would be 349th. 349th? Yeah. I'm thinking of that the complete opposite way. So I think you were right then if you were... Th- yeah. Like, that's a bad thing. Like, 21.1 fouls yeah. a game, like, that means that there are... If, they, you know, if they're 349th, yeah, there's like 13 teams that yeah. foul more than them. I said this. I said so, yeah, basically we, the I, same yeah. thing, but in the, the wrong direction. Yeah, right. we, we were on the same page yeah. there. That's bad. I mean, they are... 349th in the country in yeah. terms of committing fouls on the road. <laughs> so I think you have to grind it out. Like, I think you're going to have to attack them inside and just knock down some threes. You don't even have to knock down a lot of threes, just some. You know, I sent that stat to you earlier. Tennessee, we talk about this all the time, and the numbers keep growing. They continue to correlate each each game. 37-3. and three. Since the start of the 2021-22 season, when they shoot 30% or better from three, 11 and 13 when they don't. It's a it's a, like it's such a crazy stat. I don't even think you have to Seems shoot 30% so tonight. You just have to outshoot Arkansas. Mm-hmm. And Arkansas not a good three point shooting team. But yeah, I mean, if you could just hit 30% tonight, yeah, I think you'll win this game. Even if even if you're like 28%, I think you win this game. Just knock down a couple threes, loosen up the defense a little bit, and then attack them inside and make those tough twos. You know, I think Olivier Kamwa could be big in this game, and I think Josiah being healthy is is a massive boost for this team. If Julian Phillips can be healthy too, that that'd really be nice because those two can attack from the wing, can attack from that, that from that forward spot, and I think get to the rim, and and, and that's the kind of presence you're going to need tonight. But I like the way you match up again. Uh, if you're on defense, force Arkansas to shoot over top of you, face guard Nick Smith. If you're on offense, screen the heck out of Arkansas, back screen the heck out of Arkansas, and force it inside and and force them to foul you because they will get in foul trouble. I think you can foul their rim protection right out of the game tonight. Really do. In terms of X-Factors for the game tonight, a couple of things for you. Arkansas, this year, 1-5. One and five against top twenty-five defenses. Mm. Their only win over San Diego State all the way back in Maui. That a long time seems ago. like a, a pretty good recipe for for success for Tennessee. Yeah, that seems like a good indicator of potential success. You want another indicator? Tennessee this year is seven and one when they play top thirty defenses. So if you mm. want to. If you want to match Tennessee's style, if you want to get physical, if you want to grind a game out, Tennessee is well equipped to do that, and they'll they'll do it better than you. You, if those two aren't strong enough indicators <laughs> for you, if you want another indicator, 
Arkansas, two and seven on the road this year in true road games, not mm. neutral site, but but true road games. Arkansas is two and seven. One of those wins was, I think, like a three point win over South Carolina. And the other, a really impressive win over Kentucky where they actually made outside shots. So, you know, it can happen. If they do make outside shots, you know, they hit 45% of them in that game against Kentucky like they can win a game. But 2-7 and seven on the road this year, and, again, one of them was against South Carolina. So does that even really count? Not really. Not really. Not really. Two-point win over South Carolina. Yeah. I mean, even – some pretty bad results on the road at times this year. Lost yeah, to who are those losses like too? LSU to start mm. the SEC schedule. They got waxed by Vanderbilt, allowed ninety-seven points to the Commodores on the road. Um, allowed seventy-two to Auburn and a seventy-two to fifty-nine loss. Allowed seventy-nine to Missouri in a loss. Um, close loss to Baylor. Close loss to A and M. But still, just losses have been getting a little better. But yeah. still, I mean, they've been playing good basketball. Yeah, they have. But not a great road team. So, again, Vols seven and one against top thirty defenses. Arkansas one and five against top twenty five defenses. Arkansas two and seven on the road, and Tennessee grades out as the second best home team in all of college basketball, behind Kansas. I'm assuming behind Alabama. All of that sounds like a Tennessee win to me. It does. We'll have our preview. I mean, when we finished our preview, we'll have our score prediction and our leading scorer prediction in the final segment of Hour 2. But I think you can tell which way me and Sam Beard are, are leaning here. We like the Vols tonight. Love Send us them. a break. We'll wrap up Hour 1 on the other side. I can't stop this feeling. Baseballs are back in action tonight. Here at home, Charleston Southern coming to town. Supper Man is back. Yes, he is, and I'm sure we'll get into that on the opening drive as well one of our one of our downs but uh was some big baseball news yesterday Maui Ahuna is free he's free one of the best shortstops in the country it will be in the lineup tonight presumably he's eligible for Tennessee but Charleston Southern coming to town they're three and four on the year uh they took two or three for Marshall beat the Citadel um then they were swept by, but they were swept by Florida the first week of the year. Uh, they were finished seventh in the Big South preseason poll. They went twenty-four and thirty a year ago. Um, have two guys with some nice averages. I mean, J.C. Aggard is hitting four oh nine. Casey Anon three fifty. As a team, they're hitting 227. Not too hot. <laughs> Not a great team. No. I mean, you could look for, like, Caleb Hill potentially to start one of the midweek games. Uh, I don't know who the other starter is going to be. 
Today and tomorrow, though, 4.30 today, 4 o'clock tomorrow. It's great baseball weather. Yeah. Uh, really seeing a lot of students at these baseball games early on, which is good to see. thought it was funny. There was a social media post like interviewing some students, and there were a lot of girls that were there that were like, didn't quite know what was going on. <laughs> they asked who their favorite player was, wasn't it? But they, they, like, I don't know. They had some. They didn't know quite what was going on, but they definitely had a favorite player. <laughs> they definitely had okay, some favorite players. Okay, that's I, I remember it. Yeah, they, yeah, they all had. Yeah. You know, they all had a guy or two that they were that they liked that were there. But then they would ask <laughs> him like, "Oh, you know, what do you think about this aspect of the game?" I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Who's your favorite player? Chase Burns. <laughs> a lot of them said Chase Burns. Yeah, they did. Didn't realize Chase Burns was getting around like that. Good for him. Hometown kid, kinda. I guess not like hometown, but home state. I don't know. I feel like I feel like we haven't really seen a lot of personality from Chase Burns. Like, yeah, I don't, on the. I, I mean, we've seen him get fired up, but like, I feel like in terms of just talking to the media, like hearing. Yeah, stuff he from seems Chase pretty. Burns, maybe I'm off base here, but I feel like we huh. don't really hear a lot about him or from him. He it's seems like, like he keeps pretty quiet. But uh, yeah, Charleston Southern coming to town. In all likelihood, you avoid being one of the little tweets with an eyeball emoji. Yeah. Any of the the next two days. In all likelihood, you're you're getting at least one run roll in the next two days. Hour one done. Hour two on deck. Stay with us here on the Blitz.